Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to another segment of Nexus News. I'm your host, Liam, and I am here with... Biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy. And we got a couple of things going on. Uh, first of all is the Nexus Connect Group. Biscuits and gravy, would you like to tell us more about that? I would love to. Well, this Thursday from 6 o'clock to, well, it says 7 o'clock, but most likely it'll go later. Uh, we have our Connect group. Of course, you can always leave at 7 o'clock, but most of us don't know how to stop talking, so we just keep chatting. But uh, we're going to be reading from the Book of James. This is our final week in the Book of James, and uh, we're just talking about what does that mean today? What does it mean back in the day it was written? And uh, we just have a great conversation. It's a great time to connect, hence why it's called Connect Group. So Thursday from 6 to 7, I would love to have you join us. Okay, anything else we got going on? Yes, we do. State of the Church! Yikes. Glad February 21st at 10.30. That's good. It's going to be during service, and we are going to be announcing the... Again, the Swiss Army Knife Award person. Yeah, yeah, the leadership team and I, we discussed who that winner is, and we're so excited to reveal that on February 21st. You're going to want to be here because this is a big award. We also have a couple other things to announce at that time. We'll be talking about things that happened in uh, 2020 and looking forward to what we plan for 2021. Uh, we have a lot of things that we have on the docket that we want to start doing again after a year of kind of hanging low. Uh, we look forward to reaching out to our community again and creating community within Nexus Church. So uh, we want to share all those good things with you and uh, hope that you can join us. It's going to be during the worship service, so uh, kind of changing things up, making things a little different this year. We don't have anything to vote on, so why not make it a part of the church service? We'll still have worship. We'll still have a short little message, and we'll get you out of here before noon. So it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited for this to try something new. Hopefully more people can enjoy it, and we'll also uh, have it online, whether we have it live or we record it and edit it so that it won't be... Uh, quite as long, maybe, if you're going to watch it. We'll see what happens. Okay. Is that all of it, biscuits and gravy? Oh, one more thing that we want to share with you. We are now on iTunes as a podcast. Really excited. This what? has taken me a long time to work out. But we finally are on iTunes. So if you have podcasts on iTunes. We are on there now. Just look up Nexus Church, Thiefer Falls, and you will find us. Actually, just type in Nexus Church, and we're one of the only Nexus Churches on there. So uh, you'll be able to find us pretty easy. But subscribe to us, and both video and audio will be available for you to follow it. So if you subscribe, you'll just automatically get it in your feeds when we upload it. So kind of something different. Really excited about it. You didn't tell me that. I'm the host of Nexus News. I should know everything. Well, sorry about that. Alrighty, this has been another segment of Nexus News, and we will see you next time. Ciao.
Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to another week in our series in the book of Mark that we've entitled, Follow Me. Now in this series, if you haven't been with us, we're just introing really the life of Jesus in these first few weeks in this series, and we're understanding what Jesus did when he came to earth, how he kind of created this ministry that he started. And so last week uh, when we discussed this, we found Jesus encountering an unclean spirit and how he radically changed his life. You see, God wants to heal us today as much as he did in Jesus' time. And all of that comes back to our connection with him. He wants to establish a close connection with you. And now today, we're going to be looking at Jesus' personal life, in a sense, and we're going to be seeing how he engaged others and how he spent his time and balanced it well. You see, we, like Jesus, need to have time where we not only do ministry, but we are ministered to. So we're going to be taking a look at how Jesus spent his time and how he gave so much to others, but yet also needed time with the Father. So we'll be taking a look at that, but before we do, we need to read the text. And today's text is is found out of Mark chapter 1, verses 29 and following. And so we read, as Soon as they left the synagogue, they went to Simon and Andrew's house with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was lying in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. When evening came after the sun had set, they brought To him, all those who were sick and demon-possessed, the whole town was assembled at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Now very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. Simon and his companions searched for him, and when they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let's go on to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there too. This is why I have come. Oh my goodness, there is so much in this passage, and I could spend so long in each section in this today, but we want to keep this concise. And so let's just briefly examine this passage and add a few things from the Old Testament and make our point today. And so previously, um, now this was a couple of weeks ago, we, we read how Jesus began this day. This was one full day, the life of Jesus. And he began his day by going to the synagogue, much like a church today or a temple today. Uh, The synagogue was a place where people came uh, to grow and connect to God and hear his word. And so Jesus came and he did as all good teachers did. He was reading God's word to the people. And as he goes in and begins his teaching, a man with an unclean spirit, he was demon-possessed interrupted him, just walked up in the middle of him preaching and let him have it, 
just going out after Jesus, just attacking him, telling him, I know why you have come, and just, just ridiculing him and trying to get him to step down and leave their town. And of course, Jesus didn't mess around. I mean, imagine this. Like, think of it today. If you were in the middle of any kind of presentation, you were just sitting there listening, and all of a sudden, out of the back of the sanctuary or the auditorium, wherever you were meeting, a, a loud, obnoxious person just comes barreling in and accusing the person up on the stage of being a heretic or being a crazy person, and that person addressed the individual. That's exactly what Jesus did. And he goes over to this man just right at the beginning of his message, and he casts out the demon. Right there. Didn't mess around. Right? And so he gets done with this meeting, and he leaves, and now he's going to the house of Peter's mother-in-law. And there, he encounters the mother-in-law sick in bed, well, he doesn't mess around. He heals her too. And after this long day of teaching, casting out demons, healing a, a person, he sits down and the mother-in-law, assumedly, she serves them food. And well into the night as he was about to kind of go take a rest, right? This is the end of the day. I'm sure it's getting dark out. He's about to call it a day. They've had their supper. He's done his healings. He's done his teachings. A pretty massive day. And on the door, a knock. <laughs> and he opens it up. And the whole town is there. With loads of sick people, demon-possessed people, people from all walks of life who need a healing. And what does Jesus do? He heals them. He casts out demons well into the night. And as I'm sure it gets long and the people are starting to fall asleep, but yet there's still more, he continues on. And as the fire fades and the people finally leave, the next thing we read is Jesus is up and at them. We don't even think he probably fell asleep. Like he is healing all the way through the night. And as people are finally gone, he goes out. Well, it's still early. It's still dark. The fire is still smoldering from the night before. And Jesus goes off to be with his father. Spend time with him. But then his disciples go searching for him. And they finally find him alone with the Father. And in the middle of his time with the Father, they interrupt him. They interrupt him. Did they miss the memo? <laughs> did, they, did they not get that time with the Father is as valuable as ministering to people? They must have missed that. But yet they go to Jesus and as important as the time with the Father was, he goes and enters ministry again. But yet notice this. There's something in that that I want to highlight. Jesus' address is something very important because the disciples, the disciples, 
I think they were as confused as everybody else. You see, they thought Jesus was going to be this miracle-working, Roman-ridding king of earth. They thought that, that Jesus was going to establish his kingdom right there in front of them and rid them of the Roman rule like everybody else. You see, he cast out demons. He healed people, and, and we'll read next week, he even healed something that was incurable, and he, down the road, raised a person from the dead. You see, they thought they were going to get famous. They were confused. They were so convinced that, that Jesus was going to, to make them famous, but yet Jesus looks at them, and listen to what he says. He says, let's go on to a neighboring village so that I may preach there too. That I may preach there too. Oh, man. Jesus made it very clear to his followers, I have come to seek and save the lost. I'm not here to establish a powerful fortress. I haven't come here to establish my kingdom on earth and and minister to just one place and have everybody come to me. No, I'm going out to the lost. I'm going out to the ones who will never find me. I'm going to go to every nook and cranny of this known world in this little area in the, the short three years that I have, and I'm going to reach every single lost person. I haven't just come for the kingdom of Israel. I've come for every nation, every tribe every person. This, Jesus says, is why I have come. Powerful words. Powerful words that we need to hear today. This is why I have come. I have come to seek and to save every lost person. I'm going out to heal every person so that they can be reconciled, so they can be made right with God. To reconnect them to the hope of eternal life. You see, Paul has this same thought in mind in 1 Corinthians 9, 16 through 23, a powerful passage that I want to read to you today, and you can follow along as well. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16. And Paul says, For if I preach the gospel... I have no reason to boast because I am compelled to preach. And woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Now, the gospel is just the good news that Jesus came to to reconcile, to make us right with God. That's the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if unwillingly, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? To preach the gospel and offer it free of charge and not make full use of my rights in the gospel. Although, here it is, I am free from all and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. To the Jews, I became like Jews to win Jews. To those under law, like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. He's free from everything, right? to win those under the law, to those who are without the law, like one without the law, though I'm not without God's law, but under the law of Christ, to win those without the law. To the weak I became weak in order to win the weak. I become, here it is, all things to all people 
so that I may by every possible means save some. I do this all because of the gospel so that I may share in the blessings. Jesus' purpose, Paul's purpose, wasn't to become famous. It wasn't to make a lot of money. It wasn't to establish some rule, right? It wasn't to perform a bunch of miracles. Though Jesus performed miracles, though he did many awesome things, though he preached many good words, that's not why he came. They came to preach the good news of salvation. So the question I have for you today is what is your purpose? What is your purpose? And how will you accomplish that purpose? What is your purpose? And how will you accomplish your purpose? You see, Jesus knew exactly what his purpose was, and he accomplished his purpose. He was the most successful accomplisher of a purpose ever. He willingly gave himself all the way to death in order to accomplish his purpose. So what is your purpose, and how will you accomplish your purpose? How will you accomplish your person? purpose. Well, like Jesus, the only way we can find our purpose is when we spend time with God. There's only one way. There's only one way, and that's when we spend time with God and we find our strength in Him. Listen to what Isaiah Chapter 40, verses 22 through 31 says, I know that many of you may have heard this passage before, but man, every time I read it, it just it's like fresh every time. Isaiah writes, God is enthroned above the circle of the earth. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. We are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a cloth and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He reduces princesses to nothing and makes judges of the earth like a wasteland. They are barely planted, barely sown. Their stem hardly takes root in the ground. When he blows on them and they wither, and a whirlwind carries them away like stubble. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Asked the Holy One. (laughs) It's a rhetorical question. Look up and see who created these. He brings out the stars by number. He calls all of them by name because of his great power and strength. Not one of them is missing. Jacob, why do you say, and Israel, why do you assert, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my claim is ignored by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth? He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit in his understanding. Here it is. He gives strength to the faint and strength strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary, and young men may stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. There it is. How easy it is for us to fall into the trap of thinking that everything around us is going to be accomplished by our strength our ability. If, if we want to see something happen, it is in our power to go and do it. 
We find our purpose in accomplishing things for God. But it's all about us. It's all about what we do or what we don't do. But that is a lie. Because God looks down on earth and he says, Who are you, oh judges, oh rulers? You're like grasshoppers to me. I created you. I can take you out with one breath. and You're gone. What are you, almighty oh man, that, that, that you call out and you say, I will do this or I will do that or I will go there or I will do that? Sure, you can accomplish great things, but oh, how much more can you accomplish when you line yourself up with God? When you say, God, what is it that you want me to do? When you step back and you say, I'm not going to go anywhere or do anything without seeking God's direction. And sometimes he may not tell you what to do. Sometimes he may not give you directions. He may not say, this is what I want you to do or that's what I want you to do. He'll just bless what you do. But it is in the time with him where you spend with him that you give him the ability to speak into your life and tell you what his desire is. Read his word. Spend time in prayer with him. And he will guide you. And if he doesn't, you know that you've given them the opportunity to speak. Because sometimes God will tell you. Sometimes he'll tell you in prayer. Sometimes he'll tell you in the word. And sometimes he's going to bless whatever you decide because it lines up with him. Because you're so connected to him through his word and through prayer that whatever you choose, it'll line up with him. It'll line up with him. And let me tell you, friends, when you line yourself up with the one who doesn't grow weary, the one who doesn't grow faint, the one who created the stars, when you line yourself up with him, he will renew your strength, empower you for his work. Let's look at one last passage today, Psalm 147, verses 1 through 11, and just look to the beauty of God's word. And what he promises to those who go to him, spend time with him like Jesus, just go spend time with the Father. Though there's, there's so much going on around, oh, oh my goodness, Jesus was tired from a long day. How many of you, after a long day, are just exhausted and want to spend a day recovering? Jesus, instead of going and resting and just sleeping and catching up, on much-needed physical rest, he went to go with the Father because he knew ultimately that that was the place to go. You see, when we follow Jesus' footsteps and spend time just with God, when we could be doing so many other things, your life is busy. I know your life is busy. Every single person I talk to says, I am so overwhelmed. Man, I'm telling you, when you say, I know my life is overwhelmed, I know there's so many things I could be doing for God or, or I could just be doing for work or for my family, whatever. It's all, it's all good things, right? But man, there's nothing more important than when we say, there's a lot of stuff I could be doing, but there's one thing I will not cut short. That is my time with God. Listen to this. Psalm 147, verse 1. Hallelujah. How good it is to sing to our God. Spend time with Him, right? For praise is pleasant and lovely 
The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. He gathers Israel's exiled people. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Our Lord is great, vast in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord helps the oppressed, but brings the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Play the lyre to our God, who covers the sky with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, and causes grass to grow on the hills. He provides the animals with their food and young ravens what they cry for. I love this last two verses. Verse 10, he is not impressed by the strength of a horse. He does not value the power of a warrior. The Lord values those who fear him and those who put their hope in his faithful love. That's what we're talking about today. Mm. This morning or this afternoon or this evening or this night, whenever you're listening, I want you to hear this. The Lord is looking for those who will put their trust in him who will go to him no matter how busy they are, no matter how powerful or how much they think they got this covered, how much they think that I'm the right person for this and I'm just going to go for this, I'm going to fight for this. Guys, I want you to understand this today. God is not impressed by that. He's not looking for all of your accolades, all of your, your awards, all of your degrees. Those he can use, yes. And I will never, ever, ever push a person away from continuing their education or growing in their knowledge and their skills. Those are all good things. But first and foremost, what you have to do, no matter who you are or what you do, you must go to God first. He is king. He is king. He is the ruler. He is the creator. And when you find your strength in him and not in yourself or anybody else, he will make you successful. So what is your purpose? How will you accomplish your purpose? What has God put you on earth for? I hope you would agree today that it's to spend time with him, loving him, and loving others. The rest is details. If you get that right, get that right you will be successful and so today step number one for you is to spend time with God spend time with him find your strength in him find your wisdom in him find your power but step number two just like Jesus just like Jesus he spent time with the father he got built up but then what did he do he fulfilled his purpose his purpose was to seek and save the lost, to go to every nook and cranny in all of the Jerusalem wayside and tell people about the good news of Jesus. You have a purpose. You need to go out and fulfill it. Once you spend your time with God, you need to go out and fulfill it. And every day, wake back up, spend time with God, seeking Him in His Word, seeking Him in prayer. And going out and do what he has created you to do. To fulfill the purpose he's called you to. You have a purpose. Get to work. Get to work. Accomplish what he's put you on earth to do. 
I love how Keith Green put it. This is just well stated by him. He said, making Jesus Lord of our life is not something passive. It's not a state of being. It's a state of doing. Those whom Jesus recognizes as his own are those who do the will of his Father in heaven. I don't know what it looks like for you to do the will of the Father. But I believe that when you seek him in his word, you seek him in prayer, he will tell you. Now, ultimately, ultimately, every person who gets saved has one ultimate purpose to do. That is to fulfill what Jesus came to accomplish. That's to seek and save the lost. That's what every one of us is called to. But what does that look like for you? Does that look like for you to be a a teacher in a public school? Does that look like for you to be a business person? To be a sports athlete? To be a parent? What does seeking and saving the lost mean for you? That is something that God will direct you in. And so today, we really have two take-home thoughts for you today. And so as we go into our time of reflection, as we enter into this, this last song, I want you to be seeking God. I want you to be asking Him these two things. God, how can I spend time with you? How can I create that time where every day I'm going after you? I'm reading your word. I'm praying and I'm seeking you. Is that night before you go to bed? Is it in the morning before you turn on anything else other than maybe a light in your coffee maker? What does that look like for you? Spend time with your creator. You can't know your purpose if you don't spend time with him. God continuously speaks to a person in the scriptures when they open themselves up to him. So that's first and foremost. And then second, after you spend time with him, you need to do something with your faith. Do something. Do something. If God has called you to to be a worker in a factory, then be a faithful worker that reaches out to every person that you have connection with and tell them about Jesus. Whether it's through your actions and words or your words and actions, eventually you will show them the love of Jesus. You will, either through your actions or through your words, ultimately through both. So what does that look like for you? Tell people about Jesus. That is why he came. Father, I pray for your people today who are listening, whether it's during the service live on a Sunday morning on February 7, 2020, or whether it's 20 years down the road when they come across this on a website or on a podcast, Father, whatever it might be. I'm praying right now for each individual person who's hearing this, God, that they will put you priority in their life, that it's the first thing that they go to when they make any kind of decisions. God, your word is so clear. Jesus modeled it. Scriptures throughout the Bible point to it, God, that we must seek you. You 
are our strength. You are our wisdom. You are our guide. You are our creator. And we must submit ourselves to you. And when we do, God, we are successful, no matter what that looks like, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's emotional. God, we are successful. It doesn't matter what the world calls success. It matters what you call success. And I pray that for every person, that they put you as the priority of their life. And then secondly, that they will do something with their faith. Wherever that, call, that you call them to, they will do something with their faith and make a difference in their world. Father, you, you give strength and you give power. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Nexus Church family, for joining us today. And may you have a great week. We'll see you again. Mm-hmm.